morning, IBC. Good to see you this morning for our time of uh, Bible study and prayer that we have each Monday through Friday. Glad that you're joining with me today on this Friday, October 1st, first day of the month. Glad that you're here with me this morning and pray that you're having a good start to your day already as we are beginning this last day of the work week coming up on the weekend. Looking forward to worshiping with you this Sunday morning. Uh, let me, while I'm thinking about it, let me just remind you that on Sunday, October the 10th, we'll have our uh, annual family meeting. We'll share some uh, ministry plans with you. We'll uh, share some other, uh, other things with you and have a time of fellowship together. That's October the 10th at 2.30 in the afternoon of course, virtually on Facebook Live and Zoom. We look forward to you joining with us that day as we celebrate all that God has done this year and uh, look forward to what God is going to do through our ministries here in the city and the Philippines uh, in, the, in the coming year. This morning, as we begin our time of uh, Bible study and prayer, let's begin by praying through the first Psalm. I thought it'd be appropriate here on October 1 to pray through Psalm 1 this morning. Uh, you can open your scriptures to Psalm 1, or you can just listen prayerfully as I read this psalm. The psalm teaches us two ways to live, uh, but only one way leads to uh, righteous abundance uh, and relationship and fellowship with God. So let's pray through Psalm 1 this morning. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. Lord God, we thank you for giving us the faith to believe in you. And we thank you for being present in our lives. We thank you that as we have a relationship with you through faith in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit abides in us and gives us to the discernment to be able to, to, to know right from wrong to give us the discernment to listen to your voice and to avoid the voices of, of evil and wickedness. We thank you for giving us the insight to be able to avoid the pathway of sinners and to avoid deep and close association with those who mock you. Instead, Lord, your spirit trains our ears to listen to your voice. Your spirit trains our hearts to love you, to obey your instruction. And we thank you for your word on which we can meditate day and night. We praise you, Lord. Verse three. The person who meditates on God's word day and night, who delights in the Lord's instruction, is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season, 
and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Thank you, God. Thank you for blessing us with fruitfulness. Thank you for uh, that spring of living water which flows in our soul that nurtures us. We thank you, God, that we can serve you and work in your kingdom. Thank you for making us fruitful. And Lord, we're praying right now. Your, your word says that uh, we're fruitful in season. Our leaf does not wither. Whatever we do prospers. We're praying, Lord, that you will make prosperous our ministry. But we're also praying, Lord, that you will sustain our physical health as well as our spiritual health. We know, God, that your will is um, not always our will. That uh, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. But with bold confidence, we can approach your throne. And we are bringing to you, bringing to mind this morning, those family and friends that we're praying for those who have recently lost loved ones, the Garcias, uh, also the Dumpurs, uh, lost a family member uh, just a day or so ago. We're lifting those families up to you, praying for comfort and encouragement. We're also praying for members of our family, both our biological families and our church family who are sick, and we're praying for healing, the Ferrers, uh, Alan Tumlos, um, Hurley and Becky and Jenny and Cassie and Nita. We're praying for spiritual healing, Lord. And Lord, we have a long list of people that we're praying for salvation. You know them. We're praying that the gospel will travel to them in some way. We're praying, Lord, for your blessing upon us. We wait upon you. We trust you. We believe in you. We do not want to be like the wicked. The wicked are not like this. They're not like a tree planted by flowing streams. Instead, they're like a shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in judgment or sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Lord, sometimes we look at the world around us and it seems like the wicked prosper and your saints struggle. We know that that may be what it appears on the surface, but there are so many things more important than physical prosperity, material possessions, things even more important than physical health, spiritual well-being, relationship with Jesus, ministry. Those are what are valuable and eternal. And so we pray that we will have patience with you that we will trust you. We pray that we will remember that though it appears for a season that the wicked prosper, they have no relationship with you and justice will be served. Not that we wish anyone to perish spiritually, neither do you, but we want to keep our eyes fixed on you. And we want to remember that your justice 
will be done. Those who mock you will pay the price. We thank you that you are a just God. We thank you, as verse 6 says, that the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The way of the wicked leads to ruin. But Lord, you're watching over our way. And we praise you and we thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we study your word in the book of Matthew, we pray that your spirit will be our teacher. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's turn our eyes now to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, we've been drilling deeper into that value of serving this week. We've seen that we are equipped, we're gifted to serve. We, we've seen the kinds of attitudes that we need to have, that we need to be, that need to be nurtured in our hearts to serve. We, we see that, that service is an expression of our love for you, our love for others, and actually an expression of your loving others through us. Today, I want us to look at this parable in Matthew chapter 25, which reminds us that doing the little, doing the little things is big in your eyes. This is an interesting parable. We're going to read not the whole, actually the parable has two parts. We're going to read the first part of the parable. So let's look at Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read verses 31 through 40. Matthew 25 verses 31 to 40. And again, the theme of uh, the passage in our, our thought this morning is that doing the little is big. Starting with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with them, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I tell you. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I'm going to go ahead and read the rest, starting with verse 41. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. 
I was naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not take care of me. They, will, they too will say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer them, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, let's just make it clear. We always want to remember that all of Scripture is read, every Scripture is read in the context of all of Scripture. So let me just make this clear. Jesus is not teaching us that we earn salvation by our works. But what he is teaching us what he is saying is that evidence of salvation is given by our works. And here he's talking about by serving others. Serving others is a reflection, gives evidence of genuine salvation. And what he's saying is that in his eyes, doing the little is big. Let me just point out three or four things to us this morning as we're thinking through this passage. It is little acts of mercy we all can do each day that receives notice from Jesus. Sometimes I think we have it in our minds that we have to do something great. There, there is, I think, inborn in us, it's inborn uh, into our human nature. You remember that because Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, that proclivity, that tendency to rebel and sin against God is born into us, each one of us. That sinful human nature is something that we have inherited that has been passed down to us. And so there is at various levels, and it shows up at various times, that inborn human nature to want attention, to want approval, to want to be seen as someone great. Remember the disciples Sunday in our passage wanted to be known as great. They wanted to have power and authority. Lord, let us sit at your right and left hand. Jesus said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you'll be a servant. You'll be a slave. You see, when we come to know Christ Jesus as Savior, he retrains our perspective of life. He reorients our view of ourself, and he reorients our view of greatness. This parable teaches us a great lesson here. It's not about doing something grand or great. What really catches Jesus' notice of us is these little acts of mercy, these little acts of kindness, these small generosities that we give to others daily. Not some big thing, not some big grand thing that we do to try to make ourselves look great. But these, it is these little acts of mercy 
water to the thirsty, food to the hungry, clothes to the naked, attention and kindness and presence to the sick and the imprisoned. Not necessarily literally, but the point here is little acts of favor and grace. It is little acts of mercy we can do each day that catches Jesus' notice. Something else I want to point out. These little acts of mercy do not require wealth or ability or intelligence. They are simple acts freely given. So again, not only are these little acts that can be done daily, they are little acts of mercy that can be done by all of us. No degree required. No high status or position required. No great material resources and wealth. No big bank account. No pocket full of money. No intellect. No super skills. Now, we learned yesterday that the Holy Spirit has gifted us to serve. That's all that is required. All that is required to do these little acts of kindness and mercy, these small measures of service, all that is required is us. We have something to offer to people, just who we are our relationship with Christ Jesus, the spiritual giftedness that the Holy Spirit has given us. That's all that is required. That is such good news. Every one of us can make an impact. We might not think that giving someone a meal makes a great impact, but it makes a great impact to the one who is hungry. It may seem like just giving someone a cup of water does not mean much. But it means much to the one who is thirsty. And we see in this passage that it means much to Jesus. Little acts of mercy catches Jesus' notice. Little acts of mercy are just simple acts freely given giving ourselves something else. These little acts of mercy give evidence that we love people and are willing to serve anyone we can. In the parable, it appears that these are just random acts of kindness. No one specific is pointed out who received the service. It's basically anyone. Jesus is saying, anyone whom you serve, you're serving me, Jesus says. So we know from scripture that God loves people. He demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, helpless, separated from God without hope, God loved us, demonstrated his love for us by sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. So these little acts of mercy give evidence that we have the same perspective and view of people that Jesus does. 
Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all people, which means he loves all people, even those people who mock him, even those people who reject him, even those people who in our eyes and the scriptures would call also wicked and evil. He loves them. And so when we are willing to serve anyone we can, it gives evidence that we have the same love for people that Jesus does. Remember, Jesus commanded us to love our enemies. He said, what good is it if you only love those who love you back? This is in Matthew, I believe, chapter 6, maybe 7. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount. What good is it if you love those who love you? Anyone can love others who love them. Pagans love people who love them. He said the greatest measure of love is when you love your enemy, when you love those who hate you, when you uh, bless those who persecute you. So doing these little things, these little acts of mercy to any person who has need, is big in Christ's eyes. It's an evidence of his big love in us. One more thing. These little acts of mercy probably won't make that news headlines, but they incarnate the good news and bring glory to God. That's something that we need to remember. We're living for the glory of God. To sum everything up that Jesus is saying to us today through this parable. To treat all persons we encounter as if they were Jesus is no easy task for sure. But what we do for others demonstrates what we really think about Jesus. What we really think about Jesus' word to us. Feed the hungry. Give the homeless a place to stay. Take care of the sick. Little things like that are big. So let's pray today that we will not neglect the little acts of mercy, those little, small, daily acts of kindness, which we freely give to anyone who is in need. Doing the little things are big in Jesus's eyes. Father, we thank you for this good word today from your word. And we thank you that you have encouraged us to not neglect doing those little, small, daily acts of kindness and grace and mercy that you place right in front of us. Opportunities to be your channel of love and grace to anyone who is in need. We thank you that our small acts of service do not go overlooked by you, that they're big to you and they are rewarded by you. We thank you for the eternal life that we have in which we can just simply give ourselves freely to those who are in need. And we pray that today and tomorrow and the days and weeks and months and years ahead, as we do these little acts of kindness toward people who are in need, that it will bring you glory, that it will make you known 
and that those we serve will know that they are loved not only by us, but they have a bigger love available to them, the love of Christ. Now, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are praying with me right now. I pray that you will keep them, that you will protect them, that you will give them good health, that you will provide everything they need according, according to your riches in Christ Jesus, but also that they will keep their eyes fixed on you, Jesus, that they will not seek after worldly riches, that they will not cling to, to uh, earthly possessions, but they will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, trusting you to add everything that they need just at the right time in the right way. We love you and we trust you. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining me again this morning. I've enjoyed being with you. And I look forward to worshiping with you on Sunday morning. Don't forget to, to uh, join us at 10 o'clock Sunday morning for our virtual worship. God bless you and have a wonderful weekend.